Welcome to What I Know Now, a School Sport New Zealand podcast that's all about the value of sport. I'm Mike Summerall, the CEO of School Sport New Zealand, and we're getting into the biggest issues and questions that young people have when it comes to being involved in sport. Laura Langman is one of our greatest ever netballers, but you may not also know she juggled a successful working career throughout a lot of her time in the sport. Laura has a Bachelor of Business Analysis majoring in accounting and a postgraduate diploma in accounting. She's also a certified chartered accountant and she's earned all of those qualifications while also being a professional netballer. She also spent time working with Deloitte and Hamilton while playing and even took a break from netball in 2018 to get a taste of life outside of netball. This podcast is about how she managed to have both and how her involvement in work and sport benefited not just each other, but all of the other aspects of her life. What's really interesting is how she didn't just do both, she did both to an extremely high level. This is a great episode to counter the school of thought that sport can be a hindrance to a working career. Laura is a really engaging, enthusiastic speaker. She actually joined us from her car outside where she worked because she was running late, but still managed to be upbeat and vibrant despite ending up in total darkness at the end. Laura, thanks for joining us today. Just like to start off with how have you been and what are you up to? Kia ora. Yeah, I'm good. I'm currently um, residing in the Sunshine Coast and kind of dabbling in a bit of CrossFit, adventure racing and some coaching. So I am keeping out of trouble around my nine to five job. (laughs) We're really thrilled to have you here and it's going to be really cool to learn from your experiences in sport and how that can travel through for our people within school sports. So I'm really keen to understand what some of your earliest sporting memories are. Yeah, well, it was a, a few years ago now. I remember actually, I went to a very, very small rural primary school where the sports on offer uh, was extremely limited. Not only were the number of sports on offer limited, the number of people available to play was even more slim. So my parents then decided to move me to a school in the Big Smoke, Hamilton, Barclay Normal Middle School, where the sports on offer there were plenty. So it was a real key decider and what school I was going to go to was the opportunities I potentially could have in that sporting arena. So probably a little bit different sometimes from sending your kid to a school for academic reasons, but I think my parents had the philosophy, um, if I was happy in what I was doing outside of school, it was going to flow on um, into my schoolwork, which, you know, I wasn't your A+, plus, but um, I got through. <laughs> what sports did you play growing up, Laura? I dabbled in everything. I started in soccer, actually, and I loved my days um, playing soccer in the Oranges at halftime. Obviously, netball was in there as well. We did athletics, you know, the Tuesday night athletics, and then obviously had the great nutrition of fish and chips afterwards. So it was very, very balanced back in the day. Um, We always participated in school cross country, the swimming sports, athletics days. We were members of the local tennis club, the squash club. I had the opportunity to go to Hillcrest High after Barclay. I actually probably started playing volleyball in Barclay. Yeah, and then when you hit high school, you unfortunately have to kind of start being a little bit more selective around um, where you spend your time. And that's where netball pretty much trumped everything else I was doing. In the weekends, my sister and I would um, dabble. Well, I'd definitely dabble in um, horse riding as well. Wasn't too good at the old plating. 
<laughs> Nor staying on for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you made some good choices. You mentioned Hillcrest High School. Uh, you made your debut for the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic as a Year 13 student at Hillcrest High School. Can you talk to us about what that felt like being at school, but then going on to playing at, at that level and how you balanced that out? It was all a bit of a blur, actually. I guess it was myself and Casey Kupua. She was, uh, her last name was Williams. Um, before she got married, we both trialed for Magic in that year and both, I think, kind of approached trials as we were there to make up numbers. So then to have made the team was a bit of a shock, not only for us, but I think for um, the parents as well. I definitely think mum was having um, heart palpitations about how I was going to be able to travel and play in the weekends or travel and support the team in the weekends. Um, but also um, be able to kind of keep up with my schoolwork. Fortunately, I had like exceptional teachers at Hillcrest who really were very supportive and would help me in my lunch hour. Like I said, I wasn't a straight A student, but um, I was prepared to mahi hard and do whatever it took to get through. And I think that's kind of philosophy that somewhat stayed with me and kind of starting to come through a little bit in my coaching. I'm constantly yelling. <laughs> strongly advising, got to find a way, got to find a way somehow. So that pretty much would sum up that simple year playing and studying. And it was bursary back then. Now I'm really showing my age. But, um, yeah, I had to find a way to get through. And I think when the results came out from my school perspective, mum was like, thank goodness. <laughs> Sharon Kearney, your ex-physio, um, did a great quote. She gets stuff done. And that was in relation to another comment she made. Too many young netballers think they don't have time to play, study and achieve. Trying to fit everything in is a huge challenge for anyone, yet you were able to compete at the highest levels while gaining a degree. That's just such an amazing lesson for some of our young people that have got so many choices now. When did you first start studying towards that accounting degree and, and how did you try and balance that across your netball commitments? Yeah, well, I think a lot of kudos has to go to the era that I was playing in. It was the way things were done then. One of the best players that took me under her wing in my very early magic days was Jolene Henry, and she was studying psychology at Waikato Uni um, and playing as well. And I was like, oh, okay, I do honestly believe what you surround yourself with is what you really start genuinely believing in. You know, at the time, there were those fantastic middies in the ferns, like Leslie Rumble, who was doing medicine. There was a dean who was uh, in law. So I had these fantastic role models that I was seeing, obviously, and competing against in the weekends, and I was like, all right, they were very well-rounded individuals. They were in my area on court, and I honestly do believe my time studying and juggling and getting my degree and then going on to do my professionals, actually, the pressure <laughs> did actually make me a better player in terms of Probably my first year at uni, I was that kid that was always trying to get extensions to relieve the pressure. And then I quickly learned, I was like, I'm just actually creating more pressure for myself, not getting it done by the deadline and having better time management when I was getting these extensions because I was literally just delaying the inevitable. So after my first year at uni, I was like, right, I was the master of the manual diary. Joel's taught me that with the highlighter and I'd put in all my due dates and I'd always want to have it done like a good day out. You know, the proofreading wasn't great, but um, I got it done. 
And I found that was the best way to um, handle when assignments were due, when travel was occurring, um, when test matches were coming up, when games were coming up, to have uni done and dusted rather than hanging over my head with an extension. So I was fortunate enough to learn that by myself quite quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, amazing lessons to be able to teach yourself and and I assume that carried through to your role with Deloitte and and managing that then. So so obviously the education commitment, but then going into the workforce while still doing what you were doing on that world stage. That, I mean, that must have been a pretty big balance too. Yeah, look, oh, I, again, was really lucky with getting a job at Deloitte, being one of the big four. They were really um, pro sports, supporting sports people. And, you know, when people would ask you, oh, you know, do you work part-time? I'd always reply with, look, I, I work sometime. Yeah, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. You constantly felt like you were doing half jobs and just having that, I've got to leave by 2.30 because I've got to um, get over Tauranga or I've got to pick up just two here and we've got to get across the Tauranga. So it was really great in terms of being able to get my feet slightly under the desk for later on, but it was tough because I felt like I wasn't really contributing in the Deloitte world because I was really in the netball world. Although it was hard, it really did teach me um, that switch on, switch off mentality. So like when we got in the car and we're heading over to Tauranga to train for Magic, we were in the netball zone. And then when I'd hit my desk on Monday, I would think about netball and it, you know, it helped me not dwell on the losses and, and, you know, when you didn't play well, because I had to think about, all right, I've got this to do. This needs to be done. This is another deadline that needs to be met. So it actually... It was really great in that respect because I think sometimes when you're all in your sport, the losses, the wins, they can really take over a week. And I think my husband's like hilarious because he was like, he says, you think you were good, but you weren't. But uh, (laughs) I think it's just been mean. But but, I definitely had that work element, that ability to switch in, switch out, switch on, switch off, move on, what next, take what you need not trying to save the world every time I had a bad game definitely helped. Mm. Do you think being involved in sport for so long and the lessons and the values that you get through playing in sport helped you balance that out? And certainly within your working life, do you think you were able to take a lot of um, those lessons across to work? Yeah, I do actually. Um, Sport is incredible. And like even individual sports, as much as that individual and it comes down to you in that moment, it is still very much a team aspect. I don't think you could ask one individual sport, and this is me coming from somebody who's played team sports their whole life, but um, who would say, oh, I got here by myself. Like, it takes a team to get anyone anywhere, let alone a team. So I think the ability to be a team player is huge, I think, in the work world. But also I think what I felt, like I really benefited from was like awareness the little cues that people get off when they're under the pump or the little cues when someone says yes but they really mean no and I don't think I would have learned that if I hadn't been in a team and I hadn't had the opportunities to tour um you know you quickly learn who gets a little bit grumpy towards the end of tours um so it's all those little intangible aspects I think of of the team environment that really I think does translate quite nicely to a workplace I think the other thing as well what I quite liked well and challenged myself a couple of times in my career 
I had been at Magic for a long time. And then I um, made the move to go up to Auckland. And it's really daunting when you've been a, a veteran, I think they call it, and then you put yourself in a position when you're the rookie. I think, I can't even remember my age, but I was a rookie going into the Swifts. And holy moly, I, it definitely gave me a whole new perspective of what it means to be a part of a team, especially um, from the perspective of contributing. It takes on a whole new form. It gave me a really good understanding of you don't know what you don't know when you're new to a team or a workplace. You can't just take, 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 take. You've got to be brave and find some courage to give. And, yeah, I think that was awesome and was really unexpected when I kind of made those shifts to those teams. And now is something I hugely promote in the teams that I coach is contributing. What are you offering that team? What are you giving back to receive? And they probably get sick of me. But uh, um, I think it's, a, again, a real intangible trait that's terrific. Mm, I'm sure they're very thankful to have you as no, their coach. Uh, <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you, you excelled at the highest levels of the game and, and retired as a, basically a living legend within the netball world. Uh, but since retiring, you're promoting opportunities for everyone to get involved in netball through your really successful business model. I'm just wondering why is it important for sport to be in the lives of young people? What is it about sport that's so important for people to be involved in at any level that they want to get involved with? Yeah, look, I can't take the credit for um, NetFit. I definitely am someone that was given an opportunity to help establish um, what goes on in New Zealand. And in saying that, though, Georgia and Sarah have done a wonderful job, and obviously I'm not very hands-on there, so I feel like I can't take credit for that. But what I, I do love and what I'm real passionate about at any age and just springs to mind straight away is resilience. Resilience in the terms of it doesn't mean you can't show that you're vulnerable or you can't have bad days. I mean resilience in the fact that when things turn pear-shaped, I will find a way to get from A to B if it's pretty or if it's ugly. And again, that's something I'm really passionate about for like young kids who come to any of the clinics or teams that I coach. I don't mind what it looks like. I don't mind how you get there. We can look at all that afterwards, but just find a way because often when things get hard or they don't go dot to dot, people want to stop and chat about it, which is not a wrong or right way to do things. But getting the job done at the end of the day, I think is really key. And when your back's up against the corner, I always think that's what you really find what you're made of. And I love seeing kids surprise themselves. How important is it to find that balance across your life? So being physically active and having sport is so important, but so are other aspects of life. How important was that for you within your own netball career and working career? Oh, massive. Variety is key. Look, I don't know whether I would have um, hung around <laughs> with my Zimmer frame for as long as I did if I didn't have that variety. Variety in terms of challenge, but variety and also in terms of learning. I got involved in the CrossFit scene really late in the piece and I definitely only participated in the scene. But what I've learned from like just watching the guns at the gym, it's huge. And the ideas that you get to then take back to your team environment, like really do give you an edge. Yeah, I think variety, getting out there, trying different things. Again, I can't advocate this enough, even though I kind of stumbled upon it accidentally, but 
if you've been in a team for ages, you're very comfortable and you've got your comfy blanket, you know how the systems work. There's a really big challenge around loyalty versus personal growth. And I think that can be a real, like I was a white cat girl born and bred, trust me. And when I had to tell my parents I was moving to play for Auckland, I think I've never had such a silent phone call with them. But I really needed that for personal growth for myself to A, find out what I was made of and what else did I have. So I think if you've been in a team for a long time and you're very comfy, how can you shake the cage? It might be by going to another team. It might be taking up another sport. It might be studying something. I think that constant variety and challenge definitely helped me hang around. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God you did. You're synonymous with netball. Since retirement, I've seen that you've gotten involved in a a whole host of different sports and activities. Uh, How important is that in a young person's life to make sure they're having a go at everything? Yeah, again, the different skills, you bottle up the energy when you really do get to go to your sport of choice. It's so important, I think, the excitement, nervous, fun aspect of sport. Even when you start getting up into the big leagues, to just give a rough example, all the world, oh, I only went to two others probably, (laughs) all the world, that's dramatic. The two World Cups I went to prior to 2019, the way we entered the stadium was completely different and the flow on from that was the result as well. And I just think, yeah, that pure enjoyment, excitement, you get that by being able to be in a variety of sports. And I think also what having a little dabble in everything is the body balance as well. I happened to fall into Pilates because a lovely lady, Sonia Liddington in Hamilton, one night at a dinner goes, oh, you should come into the studio. And I was like, oh, no, I'm really unflexible. Like, I don't think Pilates is going to be my thing. But a hand on heart, if she hadn't, like, afforded me that opportunity and encouraged me to come in, I think the imbalances in my um, body would have probably let me down. So, like, it's all these little boxes outside the big boxes that if you just give them a check every now and then, it's amazing how they really do contribute to whatever you end up doing. You seem like someone who sets high standards uh, for themselves in sport and in your career. How hard was it to juggle that while still obviously trying to achieve at such a level? Again, I was surrounded by great mentors and I was under Knowles' leadership right from out of school. I got drafted out of school. And the, the very first thing I remember learning from Knowles was, what's your purpose? So when I was felt like I was under the pump, I'd be like, okay, what do I have to get done today and what can wait? So being able to be really clear because when pressure comes on and stress sets in, sometimes all you can think about is, oh, this is due. Oh, my God, I've got that. Oh, man, I've got to go to this tonight. And, oh, shivers, I've got this as well. And you actually end up in a washing machine without achieving anything. And, again, the manual diary came in great help because I would write in my little square what I wanted to achieve today and then with my highlighter and like it sounds as though I write like straight but it was more like all over the square and then I'd highlight all over the square but I'd highlight what got done so then I'd be like okay what did I learn today I wanted to overachieve what did I actually get done okay the bare minimum sweet ass that'll do 
and it's being able to find that balance without burning the candle at both ends. And trust me, that's hard. I've been to the extremes and I know people go to the extremes, especially when it's exam time and study time. And you can sustain that for a wee bit, but it always catches up with you. So the biggest thing I learned was um, what's your purpose? What are the priorities for today? Set a real clear intention and don't beat yourself up if you under deliver. That's sometimes just life. But the key is what I learned from it. What do you see as the value of sport? It's an environment where kids can express who they are and an environment where uniqueness is celebrated. In team sports, you certainly don't want everyone to be the same. (laughs) And you need those kids or those people in teams that are going to shake the cage. And that's what I, I genuinely do really love about sport is you can be you and we're not seeking for you to be the same as old mate over there or old mate over there. We need you to be you so you can do your job to contribute to the team. And probably the second part, I think you can never be too resilient in problem solving, teaching kids how to problem solve. So, you know, Mary might have run in the opposite direction. Oh, well, Catherine, what are you going to do? How are you going to react? And then the third thing I think is that awareness, and I didn't really get to develop that area of my game as much as I probably would have liked whilst I was playing, but that ability to bring others back into the fold, create inclusion some way, somehow for someone who you notice is lacking confidence, you know, has been a little bit standoffish. So just um, give it a go. Cool, thank you. Casting your eye forward, what are your hopes for the future of sport? Look, I've literally been coaching for a split second, so that should be a disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I honestly think, like, so when you finish, when you're with your Zimmer frame like I am now, how can we get more people wanting to give back and get involved? Because that's what's going to keep sport growing and evolving and more opportunities, I think, for kids. I am really reluctant to get into the coaching because I can see it, but I can't say it. And so I'm real hesitant and mum's probably real hesitant because she played longer ago than I did. So I think that ability to make sport so great that people want to turn the wheel back and then become coaches and managers, I think that's where we're lacking. Parents are nervous to um, maybe coach their kid because of the complexities around their game time and, you know, elements like that. I think um, how can we get past players getting back into the school system? Like over here, one of the Gear brothers is actually taking some grammar, their first 15, and I'm like, wow, what an awesome opportunity. Those kids probably have no idea who they've got, but, like, that is awesome. So I'm not sure the number that actually kind of rotate back around to become coaches, but it doesn't, you know, like we're not expecting, well, I don't feel like there's an expectation for us to be the next Ferns coach, but I think, you know, just to impart something because we all would have learned something along the way and you might impact one kid's life, but I feel like that's paying it forward and doing our job. That's a missing link. We just need to get you to come and work for us now and start <laughs> creating those inclusive environments and getting those adults keen to participate oh, and get kids active. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I can write out a check now. 
Oh gosh, no. Trust me, I think when you'd work with me for two days, you'd be like, oh wow, she's all over the show. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Laura, for giving up your time and talking to us. Thanks for listening and a massive thank you to Laura for being involved. Hopefully you've taken away some of her experiences that you can apply to your own sporting involvement, whatever level you're at. If you did, please feel free to comment, review, subscribe, or share this podcast with your mates. It really does make a difference. This podcast has been produced by Raw Collective for School Sport New Zealand. If you liked it, check out some of our other episodes. It's an ever-growing resource helping you to navigate sport as one part of a well-rounded life. See you on the next episode.